Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading of Psalm 138. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name. Because of your steadfast love and faithfulness, for you have glorified your name and your word above all things. When I called, you answered me. You increased my strength within me. All the rulers of the earth will praise you, O Lord. When they have heard the words of your mouth, they will sing of the ways of the Lord, that great is the glory of the Lord. The Lord is high, yet cares for the lowly. Perceiving the haughty from afar, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. Your right hand shall save me. You will make good your purpose for me, O Lord. Your steadfast love endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please. A gospel reading from the 11th chapter of Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in my bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among, who, among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if a child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you, my siblings in Christ. So Monday morning, as you saw during the announcements, there was a group of 30 of us from faith who embarked on a journey up north to the Boundary Waters. 
This meant we would have four separate groups that would each enter at different entry points into the wilderness. This was my group. It included my son, Finn, who's 10 years old. All he wanted to do was fish, and so he had a blast. Uh, we had a guide from Camp Vermilion, and then six ninth grade boys who were all friends from confirmation and from school. The boys were very confident. <laughs> this is them showing off their strength, doing uh, arm curls with a canoe on their head. They had a lot of faith in their own abilities. They're very competitive with each other. I could tell right away that this overconfidence might get them into trouble. I didn't have to wait very long. We had a very ambitious route planned. We were going to go from Little Indian Sioux all the way through the Boundary Waters and come out Nina Moose. It's an impressive but very doable route. A lot of paddling, but also some really long portages where you got to carry your canoes and carry these heavy packs. One of the other groups was also doing this route, and so we planned on letting that other group go first, and then we would get on trail 15 minutes later. But as we were both waiting at the entry point, my boys were raring to go, so they went. They took off down the path, we loaded all the canoes, and they wanted to get way ahead of the other group to show just how strong they were. And so we did. And about 15 minutes into that very first paddle, the canoe that just had three boys let out a whale. And I was in one canoe and our guide was in the other canoe and we turned around to see what was happening. And there was a look of sheer dread on the three boys' faces in that canoe. They had all tried adjusting their weight at the same time and all of a sudden water was pouring, gushing into their canoe, and they were sinking like the Titanic. We got to watch. Now, mind you, we weren't on some mighty waters. There were no icebergs where we were. It was just a calm, peaceful river. Yet, here they were. They'd managed to swamp their canoe which also contained our equipment pack for the week with all three of our tents. Oh, yes. <laughs> they gathered everything up, and fortunately, this is the first time in my life I'll ever say the sentence, fortunately, there was a beaver dam right next to us. They were able to stand, drain all the water from their canoe, and somehow managed to get their packs back into the canoe. As all of this was happening, the other group from Faith Lutheran peacefully paddled by. <laughs> Need any help? No, we're good. Finally, all settled in again, we re-embarked on our journey. The boys were definitely humbled by this experience and seemed much more willing to listen. We made camp that night on Shell Lake. So as we were looking for a, a site, there was one in particular that we were hoping to get. 
However, the other group, since they had now passed us, also was looking for that site. It was on a beautiful point. It was a beautiful campsite. They had a beautiful sunset, a nice breeze to keep the bugs away, and great fishing. We got the site right next to them, in the woods, facing east. No sunset. When we unpacked the equipment pack, the guide was hopeful. She said, wow, the liners might have kept everything dry. And she pulled it out, and everything was dripping. They were drenched. So we set up camp, hoping that everything would dry out enough before bed. They weren't. <clears throat> and then we had a steady rain all night long. My feet were in a puddle in my tent, and I felt like a human celery stalk as the water kept creeping and creeping and creeping up my sleeping bag, which started out dry at the beginning of the night until I was completely drenched. I woke up assuming we weren't going to be able to continue. There was no way that we could do this. Our stuff was soaked. It was going to be even heavier to carry. If we all had to sleep in this wet stuff again, we might get hypothermia. We even used the satellite phone to just call and check in with the camp. And they assured us, no, 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 you stay out there. The weather's going to be warmer this afternoon. So when the other group left their campsite, we just put all of our stuff on our backs and hiked through the woods to get to their spot. And we hung it out to dry all day long. And finally, by late afternoon, all the tents were dry enough to reset up and the sleeping bags were dry enough to sleep in. But of course, this meant that we were going to have to reroute our plans. Uh, we couldn't realistically make it all the way that we had uh, to our preferred exit point. We'd have to turn around the next day and just make a loop back out. Now, this wasn't the plan, but we would have to go out where we had come in. One of the perks of this, however, was that we were able to make a stop and enjoy a scenic view on one of the next days. And there's this beautiful, large gorge where the river kind of has worked its way through uh, two big rock faces. It's called Devil's Cascade. So we got these beautiful views. And notice Devil's Cascade. After this, it was official. If our trip had a title, it was obviously going to be that we went to Shell and back. Now, the trip wasn't a failure, okay? The kids loved it. And the camp had a theme for the week that they introduced at our opening campfire. It's called Radical God. And each day there would be a different focus. It could be radical love or radical grace. And suddenly grace became something more than just a churchy concept that the kids heard about in Confirmation. Suddenly, grace was something that they had to put into perspective. Radical grace was seeing a swamped canoe changing our plans, but they would argue at the end of the trip that this was for the better. They loved that we got to go at a slower pace. In fact, if you ask them, they would say that their favorite day on the trip was the day that they all got to stay at that campsite. And they were able to swim and fish and play pine cone home run derby. And yes, it got very competitive. But as we had a devotion during the sunset that night, 
they were able to explain how that was an expression of radical grace. You know, I've been going to the Boundary Waters since I was their age, taking about at least 20 trips. This is where Taryn and I met. I've got such fond memories of this place. I know how important it was to my own development, not just in becoming a pastor, but also just becoming a better person, a better human. And I think about how simple it might sound. You know, we can perhaps relate to those disciples who are gathering around Jesus and they ask him just to say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus tells them because he understands. He knows this is just a genuine request on how to talk to God. And so they're learning about God and they're just kind of in this developmental stage. And he gives them a few petitions. They're very familiar to us from the Lord's Prayer. And in the version that we heard today, it's, it's actually a shorter one than we'd pray in the Lord's Prayer. Actually, a longer one is in Matthew's Gospel. But there's some, some threads there that happen after he starts giving these petitions. There, there was this connection to a friend who has a house guest coming over in the middle of the night, of course. Jesus tells this parable to say, look, you might, you might have this need where you're, you're looking for some hospitality and, and, and you have to be able to provide hospitality. So you go to your neighbor and you ask him for some bread. And what he's telling his audience is, because of this person's persistence, what he's going to do when provided with this opportunity for hospitality, he's going to get up and do whatever it takes to provide and fill that need. And so what does that mean for us? What does that mean for his disciples? I think Jesus is telling them that through prayer, that we can be willing to ask for help. We can trust our petitions that we offer up to God. We might not always get bread in return, but the line between us and God, it's, it's always an open line of communication. I think about how after our long day of drying out, you know, the boys finally kind of calmed down for the night and they got into their tent and we thought we might have heard some more rumbles in the sky for another thunderstorm. One of the boys started praying out loud. He asked for shelter from the storms and he thanked God for a great day. It was a really cool moment. It was a really cool God moment. It was a cool moment of radical grace. Why does faith continue to send these groups out to camps? or to the Boundary Waters, or do we bring in uh, the camp counselors for VBS? I think it's because just like the disciples asking Jesus for help to be able to build a strong relationship with God, being able to be set apart and do something a little bit different, it it can be a powerful way for us to build a relationship with God, and it's a powerful habit to form with some of our youngest disciples here at, at church. And so when I, got off, uh, when I got off of trail on Friday, the best part was being able to see and hear the stories from those other groups. To see and hear how excited my guys were to tell everybody else about what happened on their trip and how awesome it was. There was this buzz, this energy. Everybody wanted to share. So what were some of the best outcomes of the week? There's friendship, lots of fishing, family, food, fun, 
and of course, faith. As you leave Camp Vermilion, visitors are left with some final parting words of wisdom for whatever your journey is that comes next. There's a sign above the road that says, remember your creator in the day of your youth. And so our kids were being taught this lesson throughout the week. Enjoy your youth and enjoy this beautiful creation God has set before you. They were taught another prayer while we were out there. It's a prayer that's a simple reminder of what lies ahead of you and whatever you're going to face on your journey, that God goes with you. It's called the prayer of the voyager. I'll invite you to pray it with me. Let us pray. Help me, Lord, to leave my hurried life behind. Help me know the quiet life within thy templed trees and lakes to find. Give me eyes to see each task upon the trail. Give me faith to know thy eyes will never fail. Grant me patience when the paths seem long. Grant me grace to share with friends in word and song. Plant clean wings upon my feet, which now with laden shoes are shod. Silence me, O Christ. I would be still and know that thou art God. Amen. This week, may God grant each of you faith like a child. May God grant you humility, the humility of a servant. And may each of us experience the radical grace of God and then the ability to put that grace into words so that we may share that grace with others. Amen. Amen.